Hi, it's been a while. Uh, we took a long, unannounced break, um, and we're back now. Yes, indeed. We took a long, unexpected break because I started a new job, basically, and I needed to dedicate most of my time and commitment to that. Um, but I have some free time now, and we're back. And today we're going to discuss the tour of the summer. Everyone's been talking about it. It's all over social media. Um, there's a lot of controversy su surrounding the tour with Ticketmaster and Live Nation, uh, Taylor Swift Eras Tour. Yeah, totally. Um, Taylor's Eras Tour has been going on for a little over a month now. It first started on St. Patrick's Day, which is March 17th, yeah. in Glendale, Arizona. And that's the same stadium that Rihanna performed the halftime show um, for the Super Bowl. Oh, so, really? Like, I didn't know that. Arizona, Yeah. Yeah, Arizona's having its moment this year, apparently. Oh, I see. Major, major performances. So uh, anyways, um, but yeah, Taylor's tour is doing really well. I mean, I think everyone heard about when um, tickets first went on sale and how the whole disaster with Ticketmaster. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Um, you know, it just is a huge mess. Uh, the tour is completely sold out. It's a stadium tour um, and it's on track to be the the biggest selling tour of all time at this point. Uh, when she finishes the North America leg, um, she hasn't mm -hmm. announced international locations or dates at all yet, but um, they're already saying that like, it's expected that she will. Um, and they're saying that when she finishes uh, her, her North America por portion, which is just in the United States so far, um, that she's on track to make $1.5 billion dollars and that will be beating Elton John's farewell tour. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how much of that is, like, actual profit for Taylor or whatnot. But, like, even if it's just 10%, like, that is a massive amount of money. Um, yeah. But it's getting a ton of press, obviously. Like like you said, like, it's all over social media. Um, you know, so many people are, are going to it. So many people are talking about it. It's getting a lot of great press. Um, and it's getting press in, like, some kind of odd areas. I know mm – -hmm. um, my partner uh, works in finance and like they got a like email about the tour and it was just so odd because it just oh, made funny. no sense for it, that's just to say like press is everywhere. I mean, yeah, from a business standpoint, this tour is a big deal. So I think not only is, is it being talked about amongst music fans, I think even like business people are probably mm -hmm. fascinated with, with just, you know, the model and, and how it's, you know, being done from a business standpoint. So it makes sense that your partner got an email. For sure. I mean, like wherever there's huge profits like this, wherever there's like massive money being made, there's going to be interest um, from a business perspective. So yeah, it's just this, this tour is getting so much buzz um, and just like every way possible, it seems. Yeah. So um, a lot of music fans are talking about this. A lot of business people are talking about this. And amidst all of the, the tour talk, there's also been some drama happening um we basically recently found out that uh taylor swift and her partner broke up um now i personally don't know much about their relationship because i'm more of a casual fan of taylor swift um but when 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 the news hit you and i started talking about it a lot because we we had some thoughts about the tour that we're going to get into in a bit but we just wanted to see like if there are like Easter eggs that we can find in her show that could maybe be, you know, related to the breakup. We also noticed um, Taylor didn't seem like she was in a great mood. So we're just trying to like figure out the timeline. Um, what what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, so I don't know a ton about their relationship either. It seems no one really does because that's kind of been a big part of their relationship. They've been together for six years and... Taylor credits a lot of the longevity of the relationship, like the quality of the relationship was because it was kept private. Yeah. Um, this was like obviously a big change from like past relationships that had been very public mm -hmm. um, to the point that some people feel that they were just for publicity. Uh, but like this relationship was super private and he's no shade to him, although we are definitely going to be shading him later. Um, 
But like he was really on, completely unknown before Taylor started dating him. Like yeah. I had never heard of him. Um, you know, people still don't really know who he is. His career just hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, mm. So he's he's in the entertainment industry as well, right? He is. He's an actor. His name is Joe Alwyn. Um, he's British. And that any day he used to date Taylor Swift. And that is really all I know about him. Okay. Fair, um, fair. Yeah. Well, and also he and Taylor have worked together. Um, on, they've made music together. That, mm-hmm. I know that about him too. And, um, you know, his pen name for some of the music has been William Bowery because it had some attachment to like his grandpa or something. I don't know. But like that, that's all I know. All I, my point is all I know about this man is his attachment to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Is he from the UK? Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Cause I see a lot of European influence in the Midnight's album, you know, which I love. Totally. I think like Joe, that's his name. Joe, I, I said that Joe Elwin, um, you know, I think Joe had a lot of influence on Taylor's music in a lot of positive ways. I like not just lyrically, but I think mm-hmm. like, yeah, it gave, um, you know, European music is different than American music. It, it, it just is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think like you can really hear that influence like when she started dating him um which is cool and like i like that that's a part of her discography yeah um but anyway let's get into the breakup okay (laughs) so the news of the two breaking up came out the day before easter um which was april 8th and i thought that was very strategic timing uh because there was no show for easter weekend which may you know it's a holiday weekend Mm -hmm. um and so it felt like if this news was to come out, you know, it gives the public like a full week to digest it and kind of just be like, whoa, because it is a big shock because a lot of people kind of wondered if these two would get married or if they didn't get married, they just kind of be life partners. Yeah. So it was kind of like, whoa, like, oh, my gosh, you know, they've been together for six years. Wow. Um, and, you know, there's always been rumors of and speculation on their relationship. So a lot of people didn't believe it at first. Like they were just like, no, it's just another rumor. But it became yeah. clear pretty fast that it it was legit because like E.T. News was like reporting on it. People magazine um, and then eventually CNN like a, a day or two afterwards. And so it was pretty obvious that like this was true. And the, but even though even with all of that, there were still people who were like, I'm not going to believe it until Taylor talks about it, which on one hand, like I get like, it's nice to want to like hear from the person firsthand. But I think as fans, we also have to understand that like, who wants to make a public announcement after a breakup? Like, it's weird. Yeah, I, I think, I think if she had announced the breakup before the tour started, that would have brought unnecessary attention to, to her relationship ending rather than the start of the tour. Totally. Well, and this, you know, this was announced in the middle of the tour, not in the middle, but like a few weeks after the tour started. And even, yeah, if she like posts on even on her Instagram stories being like, oh yeah, Joe and I have decided to break up. It's it's just, yeah, it, it's weird. And it does detract from the tour. Yeah, and it would it would be more of a disservice to the tour, like even from like a sales or marketing perspective, because then the headlines would right. have been Taylor starts or Taylor kicks off her tour after announcing breakup you know that would have just uh, taken over and saturated the media in such an unnecessary way and taylor being being taylor and being so hyper controlling of her image which i commend um i don't think she wants that in the media to be like the the main theme or you know yeah especially when she's you know, already had that attached to her in the past. And it's something that still is attached to her, even though her and Joe were together for a long time. It's still like, I saw people commenting when, when the breakup was announced, like, Oh my gosh, she goes through guys so fast. And I'm like, what? Like that he, they were together for six years. Like that, like narrative was old a long time ago but it's really outdated now um but definitely like i mean that is what is in people's minds still so yeah i I think it it definitely would have made no sense for her to like publicly announce this or comment on this on any level it's it's weird you know yeah it seems like any chance for that for people to slut shame they'll take it even if 
doesn't really apply. Not that it should or not that, you know, we're okay with that sort of thing. But she's been with him for a long time. And yet they still manage to find a way to insert that um, take on Taylor, you know. So, yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, didn't really want to believe it. I think there was some level of denial or not wanting to believe it. Yeah. But it, it seems now like the whole fan base has accepted it as, as truth at this point, even though Taylor hasn't officially commented on it. Yeah, um, and I don't think she ever will. No, and she never has. Unless it's an album, you know. Right. I mean, you know, like that's how she comments on her life is through music. She says she mm-hmm. thinks it sounds better. She's never, like, announced a breakup before. That's always just been the press that's done that. And I think there's a level of discernment, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I know the media can get carried away. And I know even the outlets mentioned, um, like, E.T. and People and CNN, like, they've definitely reported falsely on Taylor in the past. Like, I get that. Um, But when, like, all of these channels are saying the same thing Mm -hmm. and, like, no one is correcting it, and, and People does also have a huge reputation of being connected to celebrities in some way yeah. or having very, like, credible sources. Um, not saying that always those sources are on the celebrity side, but they're not getting strangers making comments or, yeah. to, you know, or a friend of a friend. Like, they, they the sources are vetted on some level. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, like that, it, it's just kind of like, look, it's it's true with this. Like, let's, because then it's just like weird. Like, I'm going to wait till Taylor says something. Like, just kind of putting this unnecessary pressure on her. But yeah, in any event, you and I believed it right away for yeah. several reasons. Yeah, definitely. I was very surprised when I noticed the Taylor fandom, which I'm not a part of. But like, sometimes I would stumble upon tweets here and there or or you would talk to, to me about it. Um I was very surprised that they kind of questioned the news in the beginning. Um, but yeah, we we believed it right away because we had our own observations. Yeah, we just felt that like, you know, okay. I think the Heiress Tour performances have been really good. I've I've enjoyed them, but there just seemed something a little different than past tours. Mm-hmm. The energy seemed a little just not... I don't even know the wording for it, but just something seemed a little off. Something just seemed, I guess, just it just seemed a little off. Yeah, she seemed a little somber and not in a intentional way to to add like a dramatic effect to, to, to a song she's performing. Right. You know, she she did well, like from a technical standpoint. But I don't know, something about her eyes was just telling a different story. You did not just say that. <laughs> That's literally how I Something felt when I saw Something about her eyes. When I saw, literally, like, when I saw the that close-up <laughs> one time you sent me, like, I remember telling you right off the bat, she looked really sad. It's true. She did look sad in the eyes. She did. It, it looked, yeah. <laughs> her eyes were telling a different story. That was genuine. I wasn't trying to hype it up for the podcast. It is true that her yeah. eyes did seem seem sad um yeah she seemed a little sad um a little understated in the first few weeks and we we just like weren't totally sure why um it seems like i've noticed because i've been watching every single show every single weekend i watch it on the live streams god bless the people who do live streams like seriously they are unsung heroes the dedication okay it bothers me so much when people if the comments are on um, when people will like yell at the people doing the live streams, they'll be like, you know, like stop singing or like hold the camera steady. And it's just like, oh my goodness, like this person is nice enough to live stream this yeah. during their concert. This is their experience. They're sharing it with us. Like, oh, it just bothers me so much. Um, anyway, that's just a little side note. Mm-hmm. I've been watching all the all the lives all of the shows and I've noticed since this news came out that the breakup like it's like out there in public a lot of that has kind of lifted like it seems like she's like more relieved or like having a little bit more fun with it or like as you say that her eyes are are now telling a, a, a different story, story. yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> it looks like she's having more fun yeah you can say what you want about Taylor, 
And even though she uh, curates her image and really cares about that, I think she prefers to operate on a more authentic um, level. Um, And I think... Definitely. I think the breakup not being announced was weighing heavy on her. And that translated into some of the performances. But she seems a little lighter um, after they got the announcement out of the way, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, there's this debate of when did they actually break up? Um, Because, you know, it was announced the day before Easter. And in reports, it's saying like, oh, they broke up a few weeks ago. But that kind of still makes it unclear. Like, did they break up before the tour started? Like, shortly after it started? I don't know. Personally, I think they broke up before the tour started. Um, Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Because they've been together for long enough for them to to obviously don't handle their relationship like it's something casual and i think that it's probably been brewing for a while and i think it only makes sense that they would break up right after right before the tour starts right or like even if they weren't formally broken up like they were on the rocks like obviously it was off before the tour even started yeah you know, a six-year relationship just doesn't end out of nowhere unless unless something major happened. Such as? Well, what would make you end a relationship, like, real suddenly? Like, oh, boom, you know? Word on the street, girl. Is there cheatation going on? Oh, God. There's rumors of cheatation. So do we want to get into the clues that Joe did something bad? Yeah. A bunch of stuff happened that basically hint at that. So yeah, at first they said the breakup was like amicable and the two just grew apart. And you know, like I'm sure that's true on some level. Um, But then like a few days later, it started kind of trickling into like, Joe couldn't handle Taylor's fame. He just like couldn't handle it, which kind of has, I also get, and that's been a thing forever. Um, But nothing like major happened for a few days. But then things started happening Um, and it kind of started when Taylor went to dinner with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, which side note, I love that Taylor and Blake are friends. They've been friends for a long time. And I just I'm really into that. (laughs) Right. I feel like she really handpicks her friends. It's so funny. Wouldn't you if you could like you're like that girl's cool. I like her. I'm going to just like text her and we can be friends. Yeah. That's easier than organically developing a friendship, right? Well, isn't that how you organically? You know what? I don't know how to make friends. So never mind. That's a whole other episode and something I don't even want to get into. So congratulations for Taylor and Blake for knowing how to be friends with each other. Um, Enough that they went to dinner together. Taylor's the third wheel, right? With her and Blake's husband. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, Taylor, Blake, and Ryan Reynolds all go to dinner in New York City. And the next day, Ryan unfollows Joe, Taylor's ex. Mm-hmm. There was some ish talking going on. Well, it seems like it, right? Yeah. Because it literally was the day after the dinner. Like not even like any attempt of like let's wait a week and then do it then quietly to see if people won't notice no the next day and it didn't stop there Mm -hmm. taylor's taylor's brother unfollowed joe and some of her other her uh, yeah some of her other friends like Gigi hadid and like is it i don't know how to say their name the haim sisters the haim sisters i think it's haim yeah yeah they also all unfollowed Joe. So why are all these people unfollowing him if it's just an amicable breakup where the two just grew apart, you know? Well, that's just the PR statement. I think this definitely hints at him doing something bad. Not exclusively cheating. I think cheating would kind of be the result of of him not feeling like he has the range to be with someone like Taylor, someone who's more a woman who's more successful than him. And I think that's like a recurring theme in, in cishet relationships, especially. Um, we saw that with Wendy Williams. 
same pattern of like a woman being more successful, um, more of, a, of the earner, um, busier, more famous, you know, all markers of success in a capitalistic society. And, you know, men have retained sort of like the exclusive right to be able to have that sort of achievement for such a long time that I feel like they've inherited this this bias where they feel like they should always be the earners or the providers. And I think in, in many ways, I see how Taylor's success can make uh, her ex-partner feel emasculated, just like Wendy's ex-husband felt, and he cheated as well. And, you know, he got someone pregnant, and that was a whole mess. So, yeah, it, it checks out for me. Yeah, definitely. It is a statistical reality that the more money a woman makes, the more likely she is to be cheated on. I don't make these rules or these stats. This is just how it works. Um, so just like that's a that's just a reality. Um, and that's for women who just like have like decent jobs, like in everyday life. Taylor is a multi multi-millionaire, you know, if she exploits enough people well on her way to be a billionaire. Um, so that like that, you know, if, if men are feeling threatened when a woman's just making like a low six figures, imagine how that shifts it even more with someone like Taylor. Um, but add this to the equation too. So the allegations are that he cheated with a co-star and this co-star on her Instagram had like a thread of photos like of just like, I don't know, it was like things that happened in the spring or May or whatever. I don't know. I didn't look. I'm not that interested because I, I don't even really want to give this um, young woman that much attention because this isn't really about her. Um, but she had a photo of just like kind of a, a thread of dif different things on Instagram. And Joe was on a bike, just him. The photo was just of him. He was part of that thread of photos. Uh, so a lot of people are taking this kind yeah. of as like a sign that like, okay, there is something going on with the two. Um, is Joe's co-star getting any backlash or any hate? You know, I haven't looked into that. I would imagine she is. Yeah. But I've noticed there seems to be more focus on Joe. Um, because I don't think, I think it's like a combination of like people don't fully know what's happened. And I do think there is some level of awareness of like, let's not go after this girl. And because like, there's even a lot of Swifties who are saying to not go after Joe. Um, I don't think anyone should be like going after these people's personals or anything. Yeah. I do think it's fair game to kind of like, you know, trash Side talk them a little bit. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah, like I saw somebody called Joe a British bag of flour. <laughs> I love that. That's so Azealia Banks coded. I love it. Like it's it's funny. And someone was like, that's so mean. And I'm just like, look, it's fair game. But like harassing Joe's socials or like people who's worked with them and stuff. Nah, don't do that. But like we want to call him a British bag of flour. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm glad no one is coming for his co-star because that 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 would just be unfair. I mean, maybe people are. I don't I don't know, but I'm not noticing it as a overwhelming yeah. thing. Um, it wouldn't I'm be not, fair. Like, deep in the Swifty fan base. No, it wouldn't be fair, and I, I don't think that people even know for sure is is part of it. Yeah. Um, but I do know people definitely got a whole found her Instagram and saw that noticed that photo of Joe. So yeah, because usually you know, the onus is always on the other woman or whatever. And I don't think that's right. Totally. Totally. Always. So we have we have that photo with the co-star as sort of like a real life clue. Um, but you, Ryan, noticed you, you've been watching the tour, like you said, all of it every night. Um, honestly, admire the dedication. Um, you noticed It's an some... obsession. Don't admire it. <laughs> Listen, I did this with like the circus tour. I remember every single show I was like watching everything. And back then we didn't have like Insta streaming or Insta live or whatever. Um, so we had to wait for someone to upload them on YouTube. Um, anyway, uh, so you, you've you noticed um, a few Easter eggs um, 
from from within the tour from like from conceptually uh, visually maybe lyrically i don't know what do you think yeah i mean that's part of the reason of why i think this breakup happened earlier um because this stuff has been in the tour uh even before the breakup was announced um there's just like a few easter eggs that i feel that like also kind of confirm that he cheated um okay so there's like the really obvious one of the lover house burning down between the lover and the fearless eras. And I think a lot of people noticed that. And a lot of people just interpreted that as like, okay, we're like burning down the lover house to like make room for more music. It's a new era, whatever. Um, and I think like that still can be part of it. And like, maybe that's part of that transition. Um, but that's not the only part where the lover house burns down. And it's the second part that had me really kind of intrigued or just being like, what's that about? That second part is in the 1989 era. The lover house emerges again and is burnt like completely to the ground. Like it like fully is in flames and falls to the ground. This starts. Yeah. This starts when Taylor starts singing wildest dreams it, it shows Taylor in a bed alone with flames kind of going around the bed. And this is again to Wildest Dreams. Ugh, the which drama. if you remember, <laughs> if you remember the music video mm-hmm. for Wildest Dreams, that featured two co-stars having an affair on set. I'm convinced Taylor has like a, a seer on call. Well, you know she's into astrology, that's for sure. Love it. Anyway, that it goes from Wildest Dreams and it turns into a mashup of um, Bad Blood. And so that's when it switches from like the bed being burning to like fully the lover house burning. And mm-hmm. I think with the song Bad Blood, there's the obviousness of like bad. Now we've got bad blood. Like yeah. there's that. Yeah. But add in the layer that Bad Blood is widely known in the fandom as the song that Joe first heard on the radio when he was visiting Taylor for the first time. Like the first Taylor song he heard on the radio. Like in the taxi on the way? Yeah, we know this because in in the song Invisible Strings, there's a lyric saying, bad was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA. Oh my God. So... Listen, I feel ridiculous saying all this, but like, it's just like, this is part of the lore, right? Yeah, the Taylor lore into it. (laughs) Yes, part of the Taylor lore. So for her to have the lover house, which, you know, it's thought of that lovers, you know, Joe's the lover, that fully burning to it falls to the ground Mm -hmm. while bad blood is playing after we've already shown this, the house burning, it's just kind of like, why are we bringing it back again? Why is it here in the middle of the 1989 era? I definitely think it's because he was cheating and it's totally a diss to him. I, th- I, I think it's a thing, right? Because yeah. it just kind of like, I don't know else why you would you would have it there. Yeah, she's a good storyteller. So she would be able to sort of see these parallels and tie them in in like a, a narrative driven way, you know? Yeah, whether all these things in uh, the tour are nods to Joe, um, because like I don't want to act like she would do all of the tour around um, Joe, but I, I do think like he was a major part of her life, and it's not a reach to think that she would have some, you know, like yeah. commentary on it, especially through her art. That's that's just what she's always done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, for, but but maybe it's not. Maybe it has nothing to do with him. Um, I do think that. They, there is bad blood between the two, for sure. And, and I don't think it's as simple as Joe wanting a normal life. Mm-hmm. I think there's subtext to that normal life. Um, I think part of normal, um, it just never was going to align with the, the trajectory of Taylor's career, which mm-hmm. frankly, I think Joe maybe thought had already peaked. Yeah, which isn't the case. No, like... Yeah. Taylor might be peaking now or is going to peak in the next few years. I don't, I'm not trying to put a cap on her. I'm just kind of, you know, it, it, that's what it seems like more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like so much of the beginning of their relationship started uh, of like her kind of 
like feeling like she was in exile from the public and like yeah. and so it just felt like this huge and, and there was so much privacy in the beginning of their relationship for so yeah. long like she literally just was taking a break for a little bit mm-hmm. and then she did reputation and then like she did lover but then the pandemic hit so like the majority of their relationship has been with taylor not go go going and doing her normal thing yeah and i think she's kind of been getting into that for, again for the last few years or like itching for that again yeah. and i think joe wasn't as supportive of a partner as she knew she was going to need in order to keep doing that like i i think he was good for the time he was there but like now taylor's like ready to go get back in it yeah definitely i mean i I wouldn't say I feel like Joe maybe wanted a normal life. I think he wanted a normative life, which most men want. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, normal, quote unquote, for him probably means um, that he would be the one in charge. He would be the one who has the upper hand. And that's just never going to happen in a dynamic with Taylor Swift. Never. With someone like Taylor Swift. You know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, did Joe realize he couldn't have a heteronormative relationship? Yeah, basically. Basically, basically. And it's just so backwards. Like, we have good examples of of men who don't really care about this stuff. And it doesn't really affect their, you know, perceived or imagined masculinity. Because, you know, that's like a construct or whatever. Um, Sam Azghari, for example... Like, he knows his place. He knows what Britney's capable mm-hmm. of. He knows her position in society and around the world and her fame. He knows he's never, like, going to measure up ever, no matter what. And he knows that and he accepts it and he's he's cool with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, he gets it. Like, she's the one who has the money and, and that's that and he's comfortable with it. Um, I think it's sad that it's there's a lot of guys who really aren't comfortable with it at all. And I just think it's such a loser thing to do. Like other guys in, in my life that I know that like have, have broken up with women literally because the women make more than them. And, like, yeah, I am no longer friends with these people anymore. Cause like, good, good. Just like, <laughs> we don't want to enable the that loser behavior. thing to do. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to be friends with a loser. Like that is a loser thing to do. Like yeah. it, it's just ridiculous. And, um, you know, which side note, Taylor at one of her shows recently, um, during the Look What You Made Me Do performance, where she like has all the different Taylors, like the old versions of herself in different costumes. Yeah. She gave like the L, like the loser L you make to mm-hmm. the lover Taylor. Basically, I think Joe's uncomfortable that Taylor is the man of the house. Which house? Well, that's a good question. Because that leads to another reason why we think the two broke up. We think Taylor is plotting a residency. Mm -hmm. I I really think this is in her trajectory, like in the near future. Um, Just like because I've been to a lot of Vegas shows, obviously, mostly Britney because I'm a Britney fan. Um, and I've seen, you know, the rollout for that and the way the set list was constructed. And the Eras tour, just like the the formula of it, gives off a residency vibe. Um, now, granted, I have my opinions on the construction of the set list. I don't really feel like it's as cohesive as it could have been. Um, I, I believe Taylor is a great storyteller and I don't think she... Um, utilize that skill for this show um, which just validates how I what I feel about it being potentially a residency because it just comes off like a greatest hits tour Um, even though we don't feel like she gave all of her songs justice with the set list but you know I'm sure there's reasons for that yeah definitely the discography um or the set list seems similar to a residency if you're wanting to showcase a lot of your your work. Um, yeah, and Taylor being Taylor, I don't think she would do like your regular formulaic Vegas residency uh, of some sort. I think 
she would probably want to have her own twist to it just so that it can be one of a kind. Um, And I think that's like, you know, a career milestone. It would be a career milestone for her. So I see that potentially being just like an added layer of um, Joe feeling like maybe he can't, uh, you know, be be in this relationship. Yeah, I mean, if you think you've settled down with a pop star who've, who's already hit their peak and actually now they're peaking and, and still going like higher than ever and like, ooh, there's talks of a residency in the future, that's just like signing up for the another few years of high, high publicity, high, high go-going, time apart, not yeah. being in together and like, I mean, Taylor and Joe started their relationship in their mid-20s, and now they're in their early 30s. And these are different phases of life. Oh, yeah. A lot Um, changes in in that time. Totally. Totally. So, like, if you're not fully committed and your partner's thinking about a residency, for sure you're going to get out. You're just – you're gonna. Yeah. Or if you're a dirty cheater, but we're Mm -hmm. covering all possibilities here. (laughs) (laughs) If Taylor did a residency – it would be huge. I think yeah. it would actually be the biggest residency of all time. Oh, 100%. I fully agree. Um, I mean, this entire Eras tour um, situation, including her previous tours, have proven to us that a lot of people are willing to pay the money to see her. A lot of people are willing to travel, take long trips, multiple flights just to see her. Uh, so, you know, if, if you have that guaranteed and then you make it easier, like being in a residency, you know, centralized in one place where everyone can conveniently come and, and stay close to the area. And, you know, I think it would be a huge success. Totally. You know, add in that people feel comfortable bringing their children to Taylor Swift concerts. That's true. That's true. That's a whole other segment of, of, of a buyer, you know? Mm-hmm. That not every musician has to offer, you know, like you're not going to bring your kid to any, to just any concert. No. And definitely not any Vegas residency. Yeah. Um, I, I recently, I mean, this is not fully related, but it's just an observation. I recently watched the new uh, Super Mario movie and it's breaking records. It's like the most successful animation of all time. Like it beat the Frozen record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've noticed that a lot of adults, young adults, teenagers and kids, like all segments of society just love that movie. And it, it works for everyone. It's referential. It's um, nostalgic, but it's also fresh. Like it, it embodies everything. So I think Taylor's... Um, Taylor as a product, I think, is similar. I think it's something that targets a, different, a lot of different segments, which, you know, is guaranteed success, you know? Yeah, it's a huge age range of um, basically younger age range, although you're getting to even to some of the older age ranges, but still in the younger half of yeah. consumers. You can basically advertise a Taylor Swift concert from anyone who's age five to 45, that's a big range and then add in that some of those people who are in like you know their 30s or 40s are bringing their their children um so then you've got like double the consumer there and it's a whole family affair you know which is great for vegas and if you're trying to sell like to make it a more family friendly vibe and and whatnot um you know vegas is boring right now it's been boring since britney left it literally only became fun during the time britney was there no, Britney completely revived Vegas. Like, no, Vegas was like boring. It seemed like only old people went there. Like, Britney mm-hmm. made Vegas fun and young again. Yeah, there's no main pop girly in Vegas right now um, in Britney's caliber, you know? No. The only person who could compare would be Taylor. Yeah. I know a lot of Britney fans don't want to hear that, but like, it, it's true. Like, no, it's true. Taylor it's could true. pull the numbers. We're not even sure it'll be in Vegas. and Yeah, we're just assuming that because that's like where most residencies are. Yeah, that's the standard. And from my understanding, Taylor does everything but the standard. So I would I would totally see her um, 
exploring different ways of doing the residency, possibly in different parts of, of the U.S., you know? So, yeah, we don't know if Taylor's doing a residency or if she was doing a residency where she would do it. Um, but if you're searching for clues, which you know I am, I'm wondering if she left one in her tour. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. So, I think in her set of Mastermind, when she sings that song, which love that song, on the stage when she's singing Mastermind, she is on like a chessboard, like it's checkered, like, you know, mm-hmm. a checkered chessboard. In the center of that board, there is a circle spherish shape you know it's kind of made to look three-dimensional by the way different ways the board moves um yeah so it's a it's a circle shape so i was wondering why does taylor have this circle sphere shape in the middle of this chess board what's up with that and then i remembered melanie mx underscore defying had mentioned that there is a giant venue being finished in Vegas, and it is called The Sphere. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's it's scheduled to open in September of 2023. Imagine if it turns out to be, like, Taylor's venue, kind of like the way ABBA basically built a whole venue in the UK and London. The CGI or the... the CGI, yeah, the, the CGI concert or whatever. Yeah. Like They built their own arena for it. Now, granted, that like requires uh, certain machinery or whatever, but I would just love if Taylor had her own venue, just like her own, just for her. That would be amazing. Right now, uh, U2 is scheduled to kind of be like the big headliner of the sphere, um, but I don't think they have like a huge headliner that's young lined up yet maybe they do but i mean taylor swift is really like the the biggest you can get um the thing about the sphere too is it's um with it's msg sphere so it's part of the madison square garden and i'm not Mm. sure if now this is more new york attachments right and not totally with vegas although you can't get into vegas unless you make sure you Past the Vegas test, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering if that adds a layer of it because we know Taylor has a ton of New York connections. So with the sphere being part of Madison Square Garden, I'm wondering if maybe that has anything to play in it. Total speculation, just an observation. Um, yeah. It's funny that you brought up ABBA building a whole uh, venue though in London because with this... Madison Square Garden sphere in Vegas. There's also talks of them building another one in London. Oh, really? I I didn't know that. There's been a lot of controversy. There's been delay um, because like a lot of people are like, we already have enough venues and you don't need to do this. Apparently it's supposed to be on like the grounds of like where the Olympics were held. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, I don't know if it's going to go through. Um, but that's a detail of it too. And it makes me wonder, was, was this part of maybe a plan of like, there would be the sphere in London and then Taylor could have done a residency in Vegas and London. If she had still been dating Joe, it would have been iconic. Anyway, that relationship is over and who knows what's going on with the spheres. Yeah. I think honestly, a residency, a Taylor Swift residency would be perfect because well, first of all, justice for midnights. <laughs> I really wanted like real. a, a good bulk of the set list to be dedicated to that album. And I just like a residency if she really like puts in her her love for storytelling uh, into into the set list. I think it w- could be something really fun. Um, you and I have been craving to see some sort of like a theme of a a clock or time travel um between eras or you know creating some sort of like imaginary taylor swift multiverse where you know all these different eras exist in a parallel i don't know something like that there's so much to do with the theme of the clock and apparently that's been like a recurring theme in, in taylor's music you've mentioned once 
Yeah, definitely. I thought for sure with this era's tour, she was going to have some giant clock just because she had had suggested that with like the bejeweled music video and then the mastermind lyric video. And I thought that would just be kind of a very natural way of showing the change of eras. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe she's saving it for a more intimate venue because I mean, that would be really expensive to build and transfer and everything. I mean, like we, and like, like we never saw anything super big, like the tree that Britney jumped from um, in Toxic until she yeah. went, she had the residency. Like when you have a residency, yeah. you can put so much more money into some of these props because you don't have to build them to be transported and moved. Yeah, I saw Britney in Vegas and then I saw her again in London when she took the same show on tour and they left a lot of the props back in Vegas. Like they had to improvise with whatever they had, you know, like a lot of the big props they didn't take. Yeah, I know it's hard to transfer them. You you would think that they would have everything set to like transfer th- this stuff as as safe as possible and everything would be so smooth, but like it's not. Tours are so surprisingly still like so such a slack job. It's it's unreal. Um yeah. I toured with Kid Rock for 6 weeks and so I was on don't I don't even want to get started on on that, but like it was eye-opening to just see how chaotic it is really yeah yeah and i feel like a lot of delay if you're traveling with large items like that a lot of delays can happen especially if it's long distances or um, abroad i mean aeros tour is exclusive to the u.s but i'm saying in general like a lot of delays can happen from customs a lot of delays can like accidents Mm -hmm. can happen stuff like that yeah you know like it's it's just too much i think for a tour um and you know that being said, I still feel like the Eras tour has a little too much reliance on backdrop, too much for my liking anyway. Um, from my understanding, the way the seats were planned out, you don't get to see every part of every screen. So some of the effects, for example, that are dedicated to the floor screen, people that are seated can't see them. And I would have appreciated a more elaborative prop set so that you know people who can't see the bottom screen Mm -hmm. or the floor screen can at least enjoy some other visual aspects of the show you know it seems the stage is super high um it's so high that a lot of people in the first few rows are really having a hard time seeing anything um so yeah it would be interesting to see how this tour could be translated in a more intimate setting like right now it's just trying to do these giant stadiums so as many people as possible can see it would be so interesting to have and fun to kind of have it be downsized and like people can routinely see her yeah and i think this tour is a great way to kind of test what what is the crowd responding to the most Mm -hmm. what works the best what's taylor feeling what's it's honestly if you're wanting to do a residency doing a tour that covers your body of work prior is a perfect way to iron things out and get things perfected the way you want it and taylor is a perfectionist yeah exactly and yeah taylor is a perfectionist and she seems really high energy especially after announcing the breakup um she seems like she's enjoying the show and she's loving it and i think that's important and you know we're still in a pandemic uh and you know i've worried a little about taylor um getting sick um because i noticed that a lot of the audience members left the show and like two or three days later they had a positive covid test and some of them rightfully so were urging taylor fans to wear masks and whatnot and you know just to like have an enjoyable experience that's also safe um we know taylor's mother is um you know can get really sick if she if she had covid yeah and and her team is fully masked and you know it just kind of it makes me sad because i'm quite covid conscious and if i were to go to a concert i would really like if everyone was and you know everyone was masked and and whatnot like i'm seeing a lot of k-pop concerts they still um adhere to you know covid regulations they still um you know get tested they have you know their masks on good quality masks um there's you know amazing filtration system 
you know, all of these precautions, very simple precautions that I think venues can afford, quite frankly, um, can be taken, like open roofs and whatnot, but they're not doing that. And I wish someone um, on Taylor Swift's level of fame would maybe use her platform to, to advocate for masking. You know? Yeah, it is disappointing that Taylor hasn't mentioned anything. Um, you know, in the very least, I wish that she would sell like a cute N95. Like that honestly would be such a way to one, make even more money. Yeah. Uh, two, satisfy a, a portion of the market that is there. There are people yeah. who are still wearing masks. There are still people who, who are forced to care about this. Um, you know, you and I both being most people, you know, we don't have a choice to just act like COVID's over. Uh, we have to acknowledge it as a reality. Um, and I, I wish that, you know, Taylor, like you said, Taylor's team is wearing masks. And so there is a level of awareness of like COVID is still a thing. Like they are aware COVID is still a thing. And yet yeah, we're just having these super spreaders. We're just, we're not even saying anything. We're not, you know, like, not even selling a cute N95. Like it just, um, I don't know, it bothers me. And and I'm wondering what is Taylor doing to make sure she doesn't get COVID? Because other celebrities and other singers are dropping like flies. Tours yeah. are getting canceled left and right. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Like it's happening quite a lot. So many artists are canceling. I think Sam Smith canceled, Harry Styles, Justin Bieber. All these big names are canceling their tours and it's always due to some illness or some flu. And it's like, let's be real. This is either COVID or long COVID, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if she had masks as part of her merch, she'd get a lot of backlash from the average identitarian, Republican, American, you know, like... The, I think her team knows that a lot of her fan base could be part of that segment and they don't want to piss anyone off, which bothers me. I feel like at what cost, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just need to do the right thing. And even if it pisses people off, whatever, you know, I'm just wanting someone to sell cute N95s. Like, honestly. Yeah, truly. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just bothers me. And it, it, it does bother me too, that in the Evermore era, um, kind of while she's at the piano, she's like, you know, talking to the fans while softly playing. And she's kind of mentioning about how she's missed everyone for so long. And she was really afraid that like live music would end as we know it. And she wouldn't get to see everyone. And like, she refers to the pandemic in the past tense a lot. And it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Especially because like, it's not over. It's just not. And like, meanwhile, her team is still wearing masks. Like Taylor, you know, it's not over. We don't need this whole segment of you saying that. Just say, while, you know, we were in lockdown or while, you know, live music wasn't allowed or I don't mm -hmm. know. That's not really eloquent. But, like, quit acting like the pandemic is over. I acknowledge the break and how it was hard for you. But let's not act like it's over, especially when we are still having thousands of people die every single week in the United States. Yeah. People want to act like that's not a thing still, but it is. And I just refuse to be part of normalizing that. It's not normal for that many people to drop dead from a virus that honestly, if we did minimal intervention for, minimal giving a crap about other people, yeah, we'd be in a much better place. These concerts would be much safer. There, there are ways to make concerts much safer than they are. Um, and I guess, you know, it's just not happening. And I, I am disappointed that someone of Taylor's influence is um, contributing to this idea that it's over. Everybody have fun. Yeah. Because you can't have fun and also care about other people, right? <sighs> yeah, it's very dismissive of, of disability rights, honestly. That's what it trickles down to, to me. You know, yeah, and Taylor honestly has a lot of disabled fans. I mean, like, every artist has a lot of disabled fans, but it, it seems like there's kind of this even more um, disabled people who are huge fans of Taylor Swift. And 
yeah, it's just another layer of um, completely dismissing it all and and making it so much riskier for everyone. And, um, you know, and, and, and to not, I also don't like that it's like not acknowledged that COVID has also contributed to making these concert experience so much worse of like, that's part of the reason why the tickets are so extra outrageous too. Yeah, I definitely noticed that the way tickets sell and the prices have dramatically changed since COVID. Um, I think after like so long of not having concerts, there's higher demand, I guess, for it. And, you know, we got presidents telling us the pandemic is over left and right and, and lying to us. So people's willingness to go and desperation is there. And I think, you know, organizers are definitely taking advantage of of that weak point, I think. Yeah, it's like, and then adding in that so many of the artists are getting sick and not being able to like fully perform. It's like the supply is even less and the demand is even more. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's no surprise that a monopoly like Ticketmaster is taking full advantage of that. Uh, it's disgusting. That's all to say. Um, Eris Tour doing really well. I'm so excited uh, for this revival of Taylor Swift, single Taylor. I love that she's like connecting back with her friends and all that. Um, did you see? Wait, did you see the photo of Joe that the yeah. paparazzi got of him? Yeah. <laughs> he oh looked haggard. He looks haggard. That picture was edited to make him look even more haggard, but he looks haggard. Like you have to have something to work yeah, with first, I think it you know. Definitely. Like, I do think it was touched a little bit to make him look a little worse, but he does not look good. Um, I saw someone was like, it looks like Joe went through a divorce, even though he was never married. Like, yeah. And that's exactly how it was. Meanwhile, a photo of Taylor and her friends. It was just like effortlessly fun and breezy. And Yeah. So but, I'm so spontaneous. Uh, I'm just grabbing a snack with my friends. But yeah, it would be awesome if Taylor did a residency. Um, that that would also be a way to keep it more COVID safe too. Like if if she was in a one set location, uh-huh. she could make sure like the state of the art ventilation system was put in everywhere. Um, uh, you know, a lot of businesses are doing this. They're just not telling people. They're just quietly doing it, and um, which is great. I just wish people would be public about this. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've upgraded our ventilation. So yeah. it's extra safe for people mm-hmm. who have allergies we or like, you know, viruses and whatnot. Like we should, this should be part of something that people know. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it would be awesome if Taylor had a residency and like had all that set up and it would just be awesome if she had a residency in general. Well, speaking of residencies, you know who has the connections to get a residency, but could never? Who? Megan Trainer. <laughs> Oh, you mean mother? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's what trainer. she's trying to get us to call her now. She just co-ops everything. You know, she's boring and she, her impact is non-existent. And I can't, I can't. Anyway, she she has a podcast now, apparently. And uh, she had Trisha Paytas as a guest um which i loved and trisha Love paytas trisha. we know is a huge britney fan even though she said some things here and there that i think is just part of her trolling which you know whatever um but she's she's a, a britney fan at heart and and she she knows totally what to ask you know and what you know buttons to push i think in my opinion um she basically asked megan trainer on the spot like about britney and that didn't seem like it was part of a script or anything like that and Megan Trainer got really flustered and I couldn't really make out what she was saying because they kind of talked over each other in that moment but she said something along the lines of she can't discuss Britney you are so like how are you so connected I get like you're a superstar but like Britney Spears out wait what no. <laughs> just kidding um, I'm like is that real no, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. I've never okay <laughs> they're like doing that joke oh um, okay <laughs> and then she thought it would be a good idea to change this change the topic using this talking point she basically mentioned her managers and how much she admires them and said the following no i have really good management 
Like a lot of, oh. you know, everyone in our industry is like, I fucking hate my managers. Yeah. I have the best. Oh. And they are Phenomenal friends. Phenomenal team. They're yeah, like, that makes and connected. They're friends with the Kardashians. So I was like, you think that oh. we could ask Auntie Quiz oh. if she would do it? And she said it in like such a stuck up way. Like, oh, they're friends with the Kardashians. You know, like that is, that is not a good look. That, that raises more suspicion towards you. Um yeah (laughs) obviously like especially bringing that up after britney like what a slip up like what a slip up the fact that her mind went there after hearing britney's name it means that's like that's at the forefront of of her just like her general day-to-day business conduct like they probably talk about britney like i can that made me feel like when she's with lou taylor they talk about britney you know Right, for that to be, like, kind of the reflex of, like, like, oh, like, to dodge a question about Britney and then yeah. talk about how you love your management and name drop the Kardashians, which is such a loser thing to do. Yeah, and so I, I basically looked at her album booklet to see who's credited as management. Um, Lou Taylor's name wasn't there, but we know there are affiliations for sure. Um, but it says... Jeffrey Azoff, full stop management. And we've we we've known for a while like the Azoff's involvement in uh, you know Britney's conservatorship and whatnot. So for her to brag about her management right after she was asked about Britney and right after she rejected commenting on it, it's weird behavior. She also thanked Shelly Azoff in uh, that music video, too. Like, oh. got her own, like, frame of, like, th- special thanks to, yeah. you know. I'm so sick of people in the music industry um, using these public moments to kiss butt of the Azoffs. Like, as if, and as if we're all supposed to just, like, know who the Azoffs are, like, the general public. I mean, we should now. If you're a Britney yeah. fan, you should. <laughs> oh, at this point, yeah. But at like, this point, yeah, we should. Um, yeah, it's just weird. Uh, I remember when Megan Trainer had her song No come out. A lot of people were comparing her to Britney, you know, sty- stylistically. A lot of people, like, a lot of um, music producers mashed it up with Overprotected by Britney, you know? And which song of Megan's? No, it's called No. I'm not saying no to you. Oh, it's called No. <laughs> yeah, see, I only know Megan Trainer for like I know all about that bass and Dear Future Husband. Is is that it? Yeah, I, I know no because of that overprotected remix, which I think was atrocious to even get the idea of doing I don't of, know of, no <laughs> it's very like I don't know no <laughs> it's very like Y2K Britney pop like it's very that yeah she had a lot okay. of like very Britney-esque lyrics and choreo in the video and I could just imagine Lou Taylor telling Megan Trainer, oh you're gonna be the next Britney Spears um and this was the outcome and i think they realized that could never happen obviously um but yeah it's weird like these losers they're they're either trying to mimic you know the quote-unquote britney formula or are trying to be like the anti-britney you know it's either this Mm -hmm. or the other you know it's just either way it's still totally centered on britney yeah and it's like they still haven't learned this lesson quite of that you can't manufacture the it factor like you can manufacture a lot you can control a lot you can have a lot of strategy all of these things help but none of them are a guarantee and that's always what they undermine britney with like they always undermine that you know je ne sais quoi factor of britney to not even like i feel it's silly to even bring that factor in right now because like when you're comparing Britney to Megan Trainer, I this isn't even a comparison. Yeah, but it kind of reminded me of when they casted Amy Schumer as Barbie. Listen, I have nothing nice to say about that. So, 
(laughs) I guess I'll just say I'm really, really happy that Margot Robbie was cast instead. And I'm super happy that um, Ryan Gosling is Ken. I know a lot of people are like dragging that casting, but I think it's perfect. Yeah, I think it's good. And I I love Margot Robbie. And I think she's even even though Amy Schumer is a comedian, I think Margot Robbie is funnier. And that's why I think she suits the role of Barbie better. Yeah, no, it's that she just is not the character, like the essence of Barbie. And yeah, like Margot Robbie is funnier, like way funnier. So basically that happened and she also, you know, said some things about teachers and then she had to do like an apology video. And she's just basically getting a lot of backlash about that podcast and specifically for the teacher's comment and and the Britney comment. Um, and I'm just waiting, like, honestly, this happened during Eid and I was just, or like around Eid time. And I was just like, it would be the perfect Eid gift if Britney just went off on Instagram and dragged Megan Trainer. but who knows? Maybe she's saving that for the book, which, you know, we're still waiting for. Maybe Megan Trainer isn't important enough to hate. <laughs> Not to quote Lisa Vanderpump, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Megan Trainer's a loser, and she will never have a residency because no one wants to see her. We don't even know her songs. Um, but Taylor should definitely have a residency, and I'm glad that she dumped that British bag of flour. <laughs> Same. Same. She's better off. I'm here for the Gaylor era, but that's for another conversation. Look, people think they're open-minded, but then you start talking about Gaylor content and whew. So I think that's a good cue for us to end this. In our podcast, they're going to have to deal. But yes, indeed. Um, Until next time. Bye. Do I like Taylor Swift? Well, I think Blondie is pretty much up my alley. And I just heard that she's broken up with uh, uh, Joe Alwyn. So lots of love to you. I'm always here if you need me.